Listener Production. So, Katrina, I think a few of us had a bit of a what the kind of moment when we saw recently that there was an Australian hotel asking people to uh, apply for a job using TikTok. Follow us at Hire Me Hilton AU. Now, we want you to create a one minute video or less of showing how you make the stay for our Hilton guests. So, don't forget to post publicly from your TikTok account and make sure you at Hire Me Hilton AU and add the hashtag Hire Me Hilton. Yeah, that is kind of weird, isn't it? Weird, but maybe it's the new player on the recruitment landscape. Um, Hilton Australia is not the only one asking people to submit TikTok resumes. And, you know, if you're in a front-facing role, maybe it's a good idea to showcase what you're capable of. Maybe it just makes you cringe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think it would suit a certain kind of candidate though, right? Definitely. And, you know, they're saying now that too, this could be the key to making you stand out, especially now that AI generated cover letters and CVs are potentially making the landscape for resumes and, um, you know, the recruitment process potentially quite unreliable. Yeah, well, that's today's briefing, a really interesting one. You'll be taking us into that. First, let's get into today's headlines. It is Friday, the 24th of November. Hamas will release the first group of hostages from Gaza today. 13 women and children will be set free this afternoon, our time, as the four-day truce begins. Over the next four days, Hamas will release a total of 50 hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinian prisoners. Um, Tom, I can't even imagine how traumatised some of those women and children will be. I was reading that some of the kids have celebrated birthdays since they've been in captivity and they're They've been training the Israeli soldiers on, you know, things to say to them because they're just not sure how um, mentally scarred some of these kids especially are going to be. They need to say things to them like, I'm here now, you're safe with me. Some of them have even been instructed to carry some of their favourite foods with them as a way of making them feel safe and comfortable. Um, and yeah, there's, there's obviously going to be a media ban on, on anyone um, being interviewed or talking to the press. Yeah, well, we're getting towards the end of November. This whole thing started on October 7, so almost two months. Some of these um, people, women, children, um, have been held hostage. So, yeah, they'll have to be really sensitive getting them out. Um, but I guess this is the first glimmer of hope that this conflict is going to slow down rather than speed up and that we'll see less deaths and, you know, hopefully a move towards some kind of peaceful solution, um, although that will be incredibly complex. Um, there was part of this deal that could extend it beyond the four days and release more prisoners. So uh, as we get to the end of the four days, and hopefully this works out, um, it'll be very interesting to see how that, that stage of the deal goes. And the federal government's facing fresh challenges over border security because a boatload of 12 people from Indonesia arrived on the Western Australian coast. So this week's incident is the 10th boat to arrive in Australia since uh, the Albanese government was elected in May last year. This one is in a really far northwest uh, remote part of Western Australia and it hasn't been confirmed whether the people on the boat are definitely asylum seekers trying to reach Australia or just a boat of Indonesian fishermen who've come on shore. Yeah, so all this comes after this month's landmark High Court decision to release more than 100 people into the community from indefinite immigration detention. Coalition MPs are already saying 
They think people smugglers could be using this news to persuade asylum seekers to risk the dangerous crossing. As, as you mentioned, though, Tom, we're not yet sure who these people are that have arrived. It's, um, as you say, super remote, three hours from, from any town. Uh, and there have been a lot of reports of illegal fishing in that area lately anyway. Bruce Learman has been cross-examined for the first time in court as the defamation trial against Network 10 and Lisa Wilkinson went into its second day yesterday. So under questioning, he confessed to giving mistaken evidence to the Australian Federal Police when he told them in an interview that he didn't have any alcohol in his office in Parliament House at the time of the alleged assault. He also admitted in court yesterday to lying to Parliament House Security when he told them he was coming in after hours to collect documents. Um, He told the court that was false and he instead needed to collect his house keys, which he left in the office. He also admitted to lying to the chief of staff of the office about why he came into the building in a conversation the Tuesday afterwards. Uh, He told her he'd come back to drink some whiskey. He told the court yesterday that that was also a lie. Uh, Lehman has always maintained his innocence and restated that again when asked about it in court yesterday. Yeah, so this is the first time that he has ever told a court about his side of things, um, or his account of the night in question. He told the court that he didn't tell the security officer the real reason why he wanted to um, enter the Parliament House office. Um, he, he said, you know, he needed to get his keys, but he told the security officer he needed documents because he thought the security officer would would have told him to bugger off and come back next week and, and he really needed to get home. And at least 10 homes have been lost as a massive bushfire continues to burn in metropolitan Perth. There are fears it could be days before it's even brought under control. Residents in the northern suburbs are on alert. There are more than 150 people who've had to spend the night at an evacuation centre. Several firefighters have also been injured trying to bring this blaze under control. Uh, all of this is due to a heat wave that is fanning the flames. Temperatures of up to 37 degrees Celsius expected today. And not only is it hot, it is also dry and windy. Uh, and Tom, you know, is such a, an emergency in WA that the Premier is having to cut his trip to China short. He's going to get back into Perth today to deal with this. Yeah, full on that this fire is, you know, close to so many suburban areas and putting so many homes under threat. Banksia Grove, uh, Tapping, Wanneroo in, in Perth North. So, yeah, very concerning there and very challenging conditions. All right, Tom, I'm going to leave you there and get into the strange and new world of TikTok resumes. movie Legally Blonde was released 22 years ago, but it turns out Elle Wood was kind of ahead of her time. She submitted a video essay for her admission to Harvard. Hi, my name is Elle Woods, and for my admissions essay, I'm going to tell all of you at Harvard why I'm going to make an amazing lawyer. 
And do you know what? That worked. She got in. <laughs> so fast forward to today and the video resume has emerged as a serious weapon in the recruitment process, like it or not. The hotel chain Hilton Australia recently made headlines around the world for making their own TikTok video calling for prospective candidates to submit a short video singing their praises. But this isn't new. In 2021, TikTok created a program called TikTok Resumes for other recruiters like Chipotle, Target and Shopify. So we are wondering, is this here to stay? Is the cover letter dead? Do we all need to swallow our potential embarrassment and jump on board this train? Joining me to discuss this is award-winning creative director, Dee Madigan. Dee, thank you for joining us on The Briefing. When you first heard the words TikTok resume, what came to your mind? Look, maybe it's showing my age. At first, I did a bit of a cringe, but then I had to think about it and I thought, oh, why not? Firstly, I reckon part of it is a PR move because... It makes the news. So it actually lets people know the Hilton is hiring. That's pretty smart. But also CVs are, for younger people particularly, you know, they're actually not used to writing like that. And that's actually okay because I was thinking, what I was thinking was, well, being good in a TikTok doesn't mean you're good in your job. Well, neither does being a good CV writer. This is absolutely true. And now that we've got, you know, chat GPT and, and other AI generated programs to potentially write cover letters and resumes for us, I was thinking about being a recruiter and having to sift through because the way that some of those programs write is just ugh, so boring. It would make the job of recruiting people much more challenging. Look, it would. And I actually think this this whole thing is probably quite good for um, headhunters and sort of top level recruiters who actually interview people themselves because as you say, it's really, and even with TikTok videos though, it's hard to know if someone else has scripted it and is recording it. And the same with CV letters, you know, nothing beats a real in-person interview. But as you said, sometimes, you know, you can only interview so many people. So that's where it's good to use a recruitment firm who actually interviews real people for you and sort of cuts them out before you have to do it. One of the things that came to my mind when I first heard about this as a potential hiring process was our potential biases that we might have when we see someone for the first time. And this is why I thought it was banned for people to have to submit photos as part of their job applications, that we we all have sort of an innate sense of who we like and who we don't like. And that could potentially rule some people out who might be excellent candidates. Look, that is true. And that's why I really applauded companies like Westpac, who started actually not having photos, because I don't think people have had photos for a while, but actually also removing names and genders so that there wasn't that inbuilt discrimination. But the fact is that discrimination will come in eventually, because eventually there'll be an in-person interview anyway. And they have said, the Hilton has said that you can apply with a written CV as well. Um, there's no doubt that's one of the dangers. But, you know, for young people who are much more used to talking on social media than in written form anyway, there's kind of a discrimination element to asking for a, a CV in a form that they're not used to doing. 
Yeah, and I wonder too whether, even though they've said, look, it's an equal playing field, we'll consider you whether you submit a written application or a, a TikTok resume, whether we've got sort of a, an inbuilt bias as well towards warming to people who we've seen and we feel like we have a connection with because we've seen them in person and they're talking to us or, or seeing them on the screen and they're talking to us. Yes and no. I do think that there might be actually an advantage to the written CV in this case because there's going to be so many of them. People, you know, if they don't have relevant experience, are just going to be knocked out anyway, whereas with your CV you can cover all that. If I was applying for this, I'd probably do both or make sure in my TikTok video that I almost had a text element to it that had all the box-ticking stuff you actually need as well. How do you think people should go about doing a TikTok resume if they've never done one before, particularly for people who might be sort of slightly older in their early 30s or mid 30s, and they don't want to appear cheesy or flippant, especially if you're going for positions that are a little more senior. Yeah, you don't want to do I'm hanging with the youth. I reckon the trick is actually not to be too weird or wacky and there would be a tendency with this kind of application to be but as you said they're not going to be looking for that so if I was an older person or even a younger person I'd do a TikTok video but I'd do it quite straight and I would make sure that I included um, you know the experience that I had as well be warm be friendly don't be too wacky because I reckon it might actually rule you out. And in terms of being strategic around scripting it, because of course you've got one shot of putting yourself forward, where would you begin with this stuff? I'd probably think about where I shot it. Like if you're going to do a really straight delivery, think creatively about the location. So maybe shoot it in front of a Hilton. You know, this is where I'd like to work or, you know, something like that where you can kind of show that you've got a little bit of smarts but not over the top. So the, the, the trick in advertising is always if you've got a straight headline, do a wacky visual or vice versa. I feel like the same would apply here. So do one bit of it straight and just have one tiny little element of something a little bit more interesting. That's sort of your hook, is it, to, to stand out or make people think that you're capable of more? You always want to stand out, but you don't want to be wacky. And, and it is a fine line. So it's like, okay, what can I do that's – what you want is to be smart and interesting, not just clever for clever's sake. I always say you've got to engage people but also you have to persuade them. And if you're too wacky, you'll get the engagement without the persuasion. If you're too much on the persuasion side, they won't even notice you because you won't stand out enough. So you've got to get both of those in there. It's interesting to see how much of the recruitment process has moved to that online space. I was reading some stats around LinkedIn and, you know, when that burst onto the scene, how many people have moved onto that platform. So I guess is this just a natural progression? Is this is this just the future and we can't fight it? Yeah, look, I, I think to a degree it is. But as I said, in a way, all these different tools that are coming out, like AI and TikTok and that, actually more than ever prove the need for humans. Like if I was Hilton, I would be using, as I said, a recruitment company that did face-to-face -face interviews so that you actually know that the people they're putting forward are, you know, the very best people who've got those sort of skills in real life. And it might be more expensive to do it that way, but I suspect in the long run it won't be because you won't be interviewing a whole lot of people who in real life, life aren't quite what they seem 
either on social media or in a CV because we all know we curate ourselves online very differently <laughs> to what we do in real life. You only have to look at the Facebook posts of some of my friends and you think, oh, my God, their lives are amazing and in real life. You know they're not at all. <laughs> Definitely. I also love that this is a fantastic brand building exercise for Hilton. I mean, the fact that applicants have to put the hashtag Hi Me Hilton onto their videos, it showcases that I guess Hilton is a desirable brand that people want to work for. Look, it does. And I think that's actually, I suspect the purpose of this as much as anything is um, the, the PR-ness and also the brand building of Hilton, like, you know, it's making it cool. And, and the Hilton brand has been around a very long time. There's a lot of cooler hotel chains out there. So they're just sort of, yeah, saying, you know, we're a place you'd like to work. And that, that's important for young people as well, because we know that brand alignment is really important for them. They want to work at a place that they feel understands them as well. And I think this does that. And as I said, the PR ability, the fact that we're talking about it now, is big as well. So there was a thing done years ago, it was a famous ad campaign by Tourism Queensland, and it was for the best job in the world. And it was, you know, living on this resort islands or something like that. But it was never really about the job. It was all about Tourism Queensland. Absolutely was. And and I remember that campaign really well because it made it into the media and it was it was kind of a genius strategy on their behalf. Finally, a friend of mine, she she wanted to stand out in an MBA program and so she submitted and I helped her with this. She submitted a video application as well as a written one. And there's that famous scene in that movie, Legally Blonde, where Elle Wood applies for Harvard that way as well. Do you ever think there's a case or an example of where a video resume just wouldn't be appropriate, where perhaps it just would be, you know, looked down upon? Yeah, it's about, you know, picking your target market. Like for me in advertising, a lot of the applications I get are quite creative ways of doing it. I've had blocks of chocolate with a CV written on it and stuff like that. And that works because they're the kind of people I'm looking for. If you're going for a top tier law firm, or, you know, an accountant's firm or auditing or something where it, it's just got a straighter kind of culture, you'd want to be really careful about that as well. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably do exactly what they wanted because they're looking for people who can sort of play inside the lines, if you like. Excellent advice. Thank you so much for your time, Dee. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. That was creative director Dee Madigan, who uh, off air when we were chatting about this made an excellent point that mostly employers have to pay quite a bit of money to get their job ads seen by people. It is a crowded market at the moment. Hilton Australia has had so much free publicity about this and awareness even for people like me who, you know, I'm not really looking to work at Hilton Australia right now. So it is a genius strategy. I wonder how many other people are going to also get on board this and will get really sick of hearing about TikTok resumes. Uh, but, you know, some great tips there if you're thinking about doing a video resume yourself. Hey, Tom here again. Tomorrow in your feed on the weekend briefing, uh, I will be interviewing uh, the ARIA-winning artist Genesis Owusu. A fascinating guy, born in Ghana, raised in Canberra, and someone who has faced pressure to fit the mould, but at every turn has decided not to, and it's working. 
Listener.